You are listening to the North Peace Roundtable Podcast, your weekly podcast about theology and the Christian life. <laughs> I didn't realize it went, hey! <laughs> <laughs> Almost a hundred episodes in, so and we didn't realize cool. it goes, hey, hey, hey. Uh, anyways, welcome to the podcast. This is episode nine, 99. 99 episodes. We started this podcast March 2020. I remember meeting in Starbucks talking about it because you were like, hey, had I... I came on the podcast like once before you started recording with me all the time, I think. Maybe. Something like that. Yeah, maybe. Anyways, yeah. you came to me and you were like, you know what? We should record a podcast. I think it'd be really cool. And so we started talking and here we are. Here we are almost three years later. And almost 100 episodes in. Yeah, that's not bad. So anyways, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you've had a great Christmas. And hopefully you got everything you wanted on your list. Just kidding. Christmas is not about presents. It's about the presence. Oh Jesus. my gosh. <laughs> four nails plus one. Oh my <laughs> what is that one again? I don't Equals know. I never heard it. Four given or oh something like goodness. that. It was like, oh, oh three nails plus one. Anyways, um, Man, thanks for Christians tuning in. are weird. Yeah, I know. So uh, <laughs> my name's Andrew. <laughs> and with me as always is Corland. Hello, hello. And unfortunately, Cam is no longer with us this afternoon uh, because we, uh, like last episode, we wanted to record a few episodes because then uh, I'm going to Idaho for Christmas and I'm going to I don't know for Christmas. Yeah. So we wanted to have a few episodes pre-recorded so that we could keep keep them pumping out. So anyways, we are going to dive in. We're kind of like slightly winging it on this episode Aren't we for most off the records? For most, yes. But um, I actually have something I wanted to talk about because I've been seeing um, different like articles oh. and things come up around Christmas time. You tricked me. Uh, well, it just actually literally just came to An me. An ad popped up and you're like, ah. Um, but the idea of like how much should Christians participate in, I think we did one about Halloween. Ah, the right. paganism of Christmas, which was yes. interesting. Yeah. So, how much should like should you, <laughs> should you tell your kids about Santa Claus and like just enjoy that, or should, or like yeah. even Mike Winger posted a video about Christians who are like Christmas trees are pagan, yeah. and when you bend down to pick up your present from the tree, you are bowing down to that tree. Literally, that was someone's argument. Better never put on pants in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so it just got me thinking, like, you know, where do we draw the line? Like, how much do you engage with just, like, traditions? Yeah. And it's actually interesting. Like, I watched a Michael Knowles. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, he's, I think so. He he's works, Daily Wire, Yeah, right? Daily yeah. Wire. But he was responding to, he called them, like, woke Christmas TikToks. Or something like that. But the one lady was like, yeah, Christianity was it. Christmas is a pagan holiday that Christians took over. And Michael Knowles was like, actually, if you look historically, Christians celebrating Christmas on December 25th precedes this pagan holiday. Oh, interesting. I didn't know. So that. he's like, so the idea that Christians are, you're celebrating a pagan tradition. He's like, it's actually not true historically. Yeah. I went, Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Cause I had always grown up hearing, Oh yeah, you Christians just took over Christmas. Yeah. And I, and I just kind of believed that, but he was like most scholars and hi history books say 
Christmas, December 25th. It's like in the fourth century where Christians started celebrating December 25th. Did he say why? Uh, and he says it either precedes um, this pagan holiday or it, it's at the same exact time. Where oh, Christians, interesting. He says there's no record that Christians were like, that's our holiday now. We don't like it that you celebrate that. Um, so anyway, I don't know. Your thoughts? Like we grew up where it was kind of like Christmas is absolutely about Jesus. Yeah. And yet, um, it wasn't as if my parents were like, Santa's evil. Yeah. Um, it was just never the emphasis. Yeah. Like, I don't know. What was it for you? Like, or do you think like, should you have a Christmas tree? Should you, uh, I remember one guy (laughs) said that if you teach your kids about Santa Claus, you're teaching them works righteousness. And I was like, okay, like, (laughs) But I, I throughout the year, I'm never like, hey, kids, be good because then you'll get presents. I'm like, hey, kids, do what I say because I'm your dad. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. like, So I, I, I've just been genuinely curious about, I don't know, like yeah. how does Christians do we re- – we talked about Halloween. Should you engage? Should you not? This Where's, is coming after Christmas, right, this episode? Yeah, so for, so all, it, this- it, for all the Christians that <laughs> – have opposing views or whatever. And everyone was like, I wish someone would tell me what to yeah. do. Now we're telling now you. Now you know for next, next year. year. Totally. Yeah. For me, when when I grew up, uh, grew up in a Christian home, and I definitely knew that Christmas was Christ-focused. Um, I, my parents, from as long as I remember, I knew that Santa wasn't real. If sure. you're a kid listening and you thought he was. Oh, boy. Oh boy, here we go. Yeah. But yeah, I, I knew that. Right. And, um, we didn't like the, our decorations that we did put up were never like super Santa Christmassy type things. Uh, no, I, I don't personally remember having reindeer around the house or Santa or elves. Like we knew about them. And if we were in Walmart, we weren't like, Oh my goodness. Like maybe as little kids we were cause kids are weird, but yeah, I, you know what? I I think with Christmas, it's kind of like the same topic as Halloween where it's like, I don't think it's wrong. Like Aaron and I, my wife and I, we have Christmas lights on the outside of our house. We have Christmas lights on the inside of our house on our Christmas tree that we have up. Mm-hmm. And we have some really simple ornaments. Uh, I don't, I don't think that there's uh, a ton of danger in that. Now I think that there can be if you allow it. Right. Oh, totally. So, kind of like the whole debate of like every time you pick up a present from that Christmas tree, you're worshiping it. Um, my, my question is like, how empty is your personal worship? If literally just one physical act with no thought behind it is worship. Yeah. Right. Like if you worship Yahweh in that way, then that's, I would argue that's more dangerous yeah. than, yeah. than if you're picking up a present from a Christmas tree. Yeah. Um, the other thing is Paul even argues himself that idols that the pagans worship are just empty pieces of wood. They're just yeah. carved pieces of wood. They have no power. Yeah. Right. Um, now obviously he also says don't worship evil things. Yeah. But I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. As a follower of Christ, I don't think that there's anything wrong in having a Christmas tree in your house. Yeah, I think it's like any other kind of holiday and the things that we celebrate. And like, I, I think it, it, 
Because then you'd have to evaluate. Okay, so I know there's a lot of Mennonites who live up here. You'd have to evaluate every Mennonite tradition that you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, is that honoring to Jesus? Are you thinking about Jesus when you do that? Well, no, there's lots of traditions that we do that aren't necessarily connected to. Yeah. uh, I shouldn't say not connected to Jesus, but you get what I mean. Yeah. Right. So we celebrate Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is just remembering what happened in the past, being thankful. Like it's not a quote Christian holiday. We celebrate uh, Canada Day. My wife's American. We celebrate Fourth of July. I'm not, yeah. uh, and I'm not worshiping the United States of America or Canada. I'm just thankful for. I, I live where I live. I'm thankful for blah blah blah. And blah, you blah. are thankful to God that you. And then in America, I get to blow up stuff with fireworks. Yeah. So that's fun. <laughs> so I think too. I've been thinking about it lots. Like my kids, we don't stress Santa, but I've never actually sat down and said to my kids, just so you know, Santa Claus is a lie. Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. we just don't make a big deal about it. Like yeah. we went and took Santa pictures with the kids, but I, I don't think my kids have ever once been like, is Santa actually real? Yeah. It's just part of the fun. Of, so when you give gifts, like for you personally, when you give gifts, are you like, this one's from Santa? Or do you say, Hey, here's another gift. Like, how would you navigate that? Cause I think I would probably differ from you a little bit on that. Like for me, I, and I don't, think Aaron is different on this but for me personally I don't plan on letting my kids um ever have the chance of thinking that Santa's real just because he's not like so the way my parents navigated it I think was healthy and that like they just told us this one is from mom and dad this one is the one that Kalisa got you this is the one that so-and-so got you like they never were like oh this one's from Santa or like yeah so on so forth like I that's how I would probably navigate it is being like, Hey, like the gifts that you are getting are from this person. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Instead of, but yeah, and we've know. bought uh, traditionally in the last few years when our kids are older, like we don't, when they were one, two, three, I'm not telling them like, it's just like, here's a present for yeah. you. Yeah. Right? That's fair. But, um, I think the last couple of years we've bought a game for our family and then said like, oh, here's the Santa gift. And it's been like Pictionary or like just something that we all do together. Yeah. Just for fun. But we're all, yeah. we So are, nice that Santa cares about family. I know. Totally. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've done that more so like, but yeah, we just say like, this is for mom and dad. We love you. And like, here's a gift for you. Um, so again, we've never made it like the main thing. The main yeah. thing is. Uh, what are we celebrating at Christmas? Jesus, the savior of the world was born. Like that's, what's important. Yeah. And I think too, like you can, why do I give you a gift? Cause like, cause I love you. And it reminds us that Jesus has given yeah, us like, there's exactly. all these things, right? Like I think I heard one guy say like, there's this beautiful juxtaposition when you bring a, a tree into your house in the midst of the dead cold of winter And then it's this beautiful evergreen tree. And he said, like, again, you might not think this way, but he was saying, like, I was sitting in my living room and the fire was on and this beautiful evergreen tree. And then I look outside and it's a dead landscape. And he was like, it was a beautiful reminder of living things in the midst of dead things. And I went, I've never thought of it it like that. I'm like, that's really cool that you can make that connection. Right. And. I don't think there's anything wrong with celebrating. Like 
I think it could be too. Like Paul, again, this is different because he's connecting it to certain days that people would, you know, celebrate and others, and then people eating meat sacrificed to idols and others wouldn't. And he basically says like, don't pass judgment on people. If it's a stumbling block, don't do it, but just be convinced in your own mind what's right. So again, if, if someone listening is like, uh, we don't have a Christmas tree. Okay. Yep. I really don't care. Like, yeah, you, that's, that's great for your family. Awesome. You don't decorate for Christmas. Okay. Like, yeah. And then someone who's like, yeah, we decorate to the nines and it's amazing. Okay. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that as long as you are making sure that your kids are not caught up in, or you yourself are not caught up into the consumerism and just materialism of this holiday. Yeah. I think there's ways that you can just celebrate and have fun and still make it about Jesus. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that there's like to me and my understanding of how humans are and the world works, I would say the danger of allowing like celebrating Christmas all out like the world does is consumerism and greed and not actually like totally. we, we're like oh giving gifts it's so sweet i can tell you as a kid i very much so understood that my friends got more gifts than i did because oh, my yeah. parents were broke and i didn't like it oh totally <laughs> and i would argue that that's sin then so falling into that yeah, yeah totally there is a danger there yeah um but I do remember on Christmas day, my parents would always remind us that why they were giving us gifts, why mm. they could come and say, you know, mom and dad got this for you or Carrie Joe got this for you. Whoever the reason that we were doing that is like you had mentioned earlier, because God gave us the ultimate gift in Christ yeah. and his death and resurrection. And yeah. what we're celebrating right now is that Jesus came to do that. Totally. Um, so I knew like it, it wasn't like a, oh man. And now I get to worship the Christmas tree and all the light goddesses on it. Like (laughs) that was never a thought in my mind. It was, it was like you said, it was a, a, and maybe like if you're against Christmas trees, this might be one of those things that fans the flames even more. It was just a way of having the house feel cozy and warm. And it wasn't like the, the tree and presents weren't a spiritual aspect to that. It was just a physical, practical thing. Like you yeah. light a fire in your house to have it warm. People also do child sacrifices with fire. Are you like trying to play into that? No, of course not. <laughs> like it, you're laughing because it sounds ridiculous because it is. Uh, yeah. That's so yeah. Consumerism, yeah. I think is a risk when you run, when you go too far the one way, right? When you I get, think one way that Molly and I, my wife have tried to combat that because we're both spenders because yeah. we just get so excited. Yeah. Um, and if we're not careful, then it does become like, I bought you 800 presents. Ah, yeah. I love it. So we've said like, and some, some listening are like, what on earth does this have to do with anything? I don't know. Maybe it's helpful to you. Um, but we kind of said, we're going to buy our kids four presents, um, something they want, something they need, something they wear yep. and something they read. So every Christmas, my kid gets like a toy, your kids, you my kids, my kids, how many, uh, they get a toy, they get something they need like socks or underwear or something. Yeah. They get a book and then they get an outfit or like a shirt or something like that. Yeah. And they've just grown up knowing like we get four presents and that's fine. Like, yeah. right. Cause we could go all out and be like, I got you 900 toys and they'll hate them in a month. Like, yeah. so, but I like, we've tried to be really 
intentional just because we're very prone to forget and slip into yep. greed and all that kind of stuff to be like, no, um, we want to read the Christmas story every Christmas morning yep. to just remind our kids, this is what we're celebrating. Jesus came. He was born. Like, yeah. So I think there is a balance and it can be done well. <laughs> yep. Yep. I definitely agree. All right. So that's, done. that's the, no, <laughs> yeah. see you guys in episode hundred. Yeah. Woo. No, I got, I got something that's, that I've been wrestling with. Um, okay. We, I think we've talked quite a bit about like different ideas, different opinions, even for like the topic of Christmas and how do Christians navigate that in the world today. Um, we live in a world where polar opposites are all we know. So what I mean by that is like, if you, if you're in the States and you are a Republican, any extent you are a full blown a Republican mega hat, mega everything. Yeah, yeah. You're the type of person who will throw a mega themed wedding. I saw pictures of that today, actually. Yes. It's like how, how broken do you have to be to have your wedding focused on someone else? But anyways, um, like we, we picture that, right? So like as Christians, we do this too with our different doctrines and theological camps. So like if you hold to any of the five pieces of the Calvinist tulip, you are like, a hyper uh, hyper Calvinist yeah. right wing conservative, and if you are at all on John Wesley's side, you are a Wesleyan who knows not like we do this. We throw people yeah. out with the bathwater, so to speak. Yep. Um, and so my question, because we we've talked lots on this podcast of how you know, oh, it's not a salvation issue, or it's not this, or it's not that. Yep. And we there's people that we have disagreed with. Like, you and I don't even view eye to eye on absolutely everything. And we would look at each other and say, you and I are brother mm. in Christ. And so we choose to love each other, and we choose to continue to have discussion, and we don't yell heretic at each other. Yeah. So my question is, why is that? Like, where, where are those... Like, are we able to draw firm lines in the sand where we can confidently say, well, yeah, I'm trying to think of good examples that that would match this right now. So like, uh, yeah, for lack of a better one, I'll use the Calvinist Arminianist debate. Um, you land on the Calvinist side of it. Mm -hmm. If we want to put labels on it mm -hmm. and we know other people that do not land on that side. Sure. Um, I would argue that I probably land a little closer to the Arminius side than you maybe do. Sure. So like, how do we, how do we look at those things and actually Ooh, wisely navigate scripture to let our, our worldview be informed by scripture rather than by our own. Uh, yeah. Um, I think one, it's a pride issue for anybody where regardless of which side of any topic you land on. It can be a pride thing where it goes beyond just like, oh, yeah, we disagree to like, well, I'm right. I think that's one aspect where it's like we can't mm. let it go to be like, because I've, I've heard, well, they just don't know the Bible as well as I do, or they're misinterpreting that or blah, 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 blah. And if you're not careful, then it's just a pride thing. You're like, you don't read Paul as well as I do. It's mm. like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I'll give you even a, you know, it's, you're so right. We do this with everything. So yep. complementarian, egalitarian, whether you think men and women have gender roles, differences, right? Yeah. Or if you think that's more of a complementarian, yep. or if you think egalitarian, you think that there are no distinct gender roles, yep. but it's true. I'm a complementarian, but immediately it's like, oh, so you hate women. So we, 
yep. we we do that. Or I know people who are like, oh, you're an egalitarian, so you're a crazy feminist. It's like, yeah. no, that's that whoa, doesn't whoa, whoa. necessarily like, mean that, right? Yeah. So I think, um, uh, yeah, I would I would hold to complementarianism being like I think God has given men and women different roles in the home and in the church. But I have friends who are egalitarian. And I'll tell you, it can be a pride thing where I go, how could you read the same Bible and land there? But again, I think it's, it it sounds cliche to go like, okay, is this literally a salvation issue? And I know that I've, someone accused me of saying like, oh, that's just like, so that you don't have to deal with it. I'm like, no, I actually don't think so. Because I go, is that does this affect? And I like you brought this up, maybe not on the podcast, but before. Does this change? Who yeah, go- it's on the podcast. Does this change who God is? Does this change like what the gospel is, or does this just change who humanity is? Like, who am I? Right yeah. through the lens of scripture. So I think, yeah, through the lens of scripture. So I think you know, Calvinism, Arminianism. Um, I, I, my conviction is that it does not change fundamentally who God is, what the gospel is, or who humanity is. I think it changes the processes of our salvation. Sure, totally. Yeah. But I go, do Arminians and Calvinists both believe that salvation is through Christ alone? By grace alone, through faith alone? On the cross, his blood alone? Yeah, totally. Yeah. How that is worked out, that's where they differ. Yeah. So that's why I think... um, I shared at our last church, a guy that I worked with, he was an Arminian and I'm more of a Calvinist. And yet we were, we had, we had great arguments Yeah. and yet I'm like, you're still saved. You're going to heaven. I'll see you there. I just think that you're wrong and you think I'm wrong. Okay. And I actually learned a lot from his point of view of like, oh yeah, maybe there are some blind spots that I'm not really thinking. Yeah. Like he made me dig in more. Um, it's the same with complementarian and egalitarian. Like, um, I know people that they are brothers and sisters in Christ and yeah. they differ from me because I go, okay, is your view of the roles of men and women in the church and in the home? Is that compromising the gospel in any way? Is that compromising who God is? Yeah. No, it's, it's a difference of opinion of how those kind of things maybe work out. Right. Yeah. Not, not the gospel, but you know yep. what I mean? Yep. How roles and functions of the church and the home, but I don't doubt your salvation. Like, yeah. So I think fundamentally it comes back to like a pride thing Yeah. where it's like, it goes beyond like, I think you're wrong to like, you're an idiot because you're wrong. I am the only one. And I right. am the only authority. It can get there. It can get there. Again, it doesn't have that's to. A, that right there is a polarizing statement. Totally. Yeah. Um, I, I think that like whether we're doing this with which hockey team we like or which doctrine we like, (laughs) I think one of the things that we as humans struggle to do is to be willing to actually learn. So, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. we've talked about paradigms on this podcast um, and we've talked about how hard it is to break out of the paradigm that you've grown up with and where breaking out of that paradigm doesn't mean that you're deconstructing and walking away, but in fact, it might actually help you understand more the, the, the world in which we live. And I think that's part of it is that paradigms are not comfortable things to break. 
And I think that yeah, totally. that we like to understand things. Humans love to understand things. It's that's maybe you would think that's a polarizing thing. I disagree. Humans like to know why things are the way that they are. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. We have a desire to know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that to say that you have come to the ultimate and and never ending conclusion of that thing is just folly. Yeah. Scientists are still studying the sun, even though we know it's a the bright yellow one in the sky (laughs) we've chosen to go further with that right right even though we understand that gravity is a thing we still continue to study how that affects us where like Mm -hmm. how a lack of gravity affects us all these things and so i guess my question for for people that would say you know it's dangerous to always want to push and ask questions around like, okay, well, if, if this could be true, what does it do around these things? If you feel that that's a dangerous thing, then, then I don't know. I would encourage you to ask the question of like, if you truly serve an all powerful God, if Yahweh is who he says he is Mm -hmm. and you are a follower of Christ and you believe that you cannot be snatched away by anyone or anything, then how will asking questions about the universe that he's created do that? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, is asking questions about who God is. Should he is an infinite being? I believe that most Christians would believe that. Most yep. true followers of Jesus would believe that. Yep. And so, how can you, in your mortal understanding, ever come to an actual and full, complete understanding? Yeah. I would argue that you know God has given you a mind. Use it. Yeah. I like encourage study, encourage asking questions, thinking about things. And so where this is connecting with polarizing views is that, like you said, it exposes blind spots. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes, especially cause like we, you and I were in a, a North peace Mennonite brethren church. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people again, so to speak on our side of the fence on certain debates can land on the idea of like, well, if we, if we ask too many questions or if we allow too many thoughts, then we end up like, way on the other side and we'll just crumble because we'll, we'll allow way too many false doctrines in. And I think that there is danger there, but I also think that we, we as followers of Christ have been given the Holy spirit to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Mm -hmm. That -hmm. doesn't mean that we just sit in a corner and hide and are like, Oh man, the rest of the world is scary. I know these things. I'll just stay here. It's like, no, like you have the Holy spirit with you go out with the word and look at the world and learn of who God is. Yep. No, I'm sorry. I keep talking because I'm looking up a thing. <laughs> okay. So I, yeah, yeah. when it's come for, for me, like an example for me, this, this one would be highly controversial and we're going to be talking about it with the youth coming up. Different creation theories. Mm-hmm. I grew up very much so literal seven days, literal 24 hour periods in those days. God created something or created everything out of nothing within those seven days. Uh, and that's just end of story. And it's only in recent years where I've started to at least be introduced to different ideas. And so again, I, it's interesting with polarizing topics because I feel this need to like quantify what I'm going to say so that people don't like freak out and put me in the boxes that we want to. Yeah. But I will say there are certain scholars out there that have things to say that I think are worth listening to. And I don't think that those things will change your theology and I don't think they'll change your doctrine of who Jesus is or your theology of who Jesus is or mm-hmm. what he came to do or humanity. Um, will it change maybe how those things worked out? Like what we were just talking? Yeah, pro- yeah. possibly. Yeah. But I also think that you can be a follower of Christ and still rest on the convictions that you had before you learned those things. Sure. Right. 
Yeah. No, that's good. I it, it just reminded me in like Acts 17, uh, it talks about the Bereans, um, that they, um, exactly what you're talking about. Like they use discernment and thinking and like it says, the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now, these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them, therefore, believed, with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. Um, so they're, why are the Bereans said to be more noble than Thessalonica? Because they didn't just take everything Paul and Silas said, hook, line, and sinker. They thought about it. They examined it. They went to the scriptures. They saw, is this actually true what you're saying? Like, yeah. it just made me think like, uh, I think that we're nervous to do that. Cause like, we're like, uh Oh, we're, we can't accept any. Yeah. But if we, if we think about it critically and examine it and go to the scriptures and go, Oh, interesting. So even like you're reading a book about creation and you brought a few things to me that I'm like, Oh, interesting. I never thought about that. Like, yeah. And I don't, like, so, you know, we're Adam and Eve immortal. And I'm like, yeah. And then you're like, well, why would they have access to the tree of life if they didn't have to actually eat from it? And I'm like, I, and they're told to eat of uh, the trees. I'm, I've never thought about that. I was like, yeah. oh, interesting. Right. So then you start thinking through the implications of that and wrestling through it. And that's good. Like, or even like, you know, was there death before the fall? And I immediately was like, well, Paul says that sin brought about death and you're like, yeah, okay. But you know, why would they have to eat from the tree of life if they were never going to die? And it's just, so again, I'm not saying we, you let, you've necessarily landed there, but yep. it was just like, huh, there, they are things I've never thought about that before. Like you're right. The only tree they're told not to eat from is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Again, it doesn't say that they ate the tree of life, but it's presumed eat from every other tree. You would include the tree of life. It's one yeah. of the trees. So you go, oh, interesting. I've never thought about that. Like, So I think it's good to, it's like ideas aren't bad, right? And it doesn't necessarily, when you came in and said like, what do you think about that? I was like, uh, you're a heretic. No, of course not. It was just kind of like, huh. Yeah. Right. And we question, we wrestle through and it's, good like it's it's careful and deliberate thought totally it's not like to just throw away things i think is is foolishness mm -hmm. right god has given us a brain to do these things totally and so like i said earlier just because you read something doesn't or or hear something or watch something or hear something taught doesn't mean that you're going to be like instantly true i yes. thought about it and yep Okay. Yeah, it's using it, discernment. Yeah. Totally. There are certain things, like even in this book, like we talked about some of that stuff around, was there death before the fall? And some people listening might be like, oh no, what are you getting into? But like at the end of the day, I still believe that God created everything. I still believe that mm -hmm. Adam and Eve sinned. I still believe that that's how sin entered the world. Like yeah. those things are unchanging. And I think that like when we teach books like Genesis, those are the overlying themes that any Christian teaches anyways. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So then to, to look at the things of how they work out, it's like, well, uh, Hebrew is a language. Everyone agrees with that. You read it from right to left. Mm -hmm. English is a language. You read it from right to left. Do we left look at either right. of those left, to right? Sorry. Do we look at either of those and say they're not a language? Well, no. 
It's a different way of communicating though, right? Sure. I would argue that it's somewhat similar when we look at ideas like this. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, is there an actual way that God brought the world into an existence? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we weren't there to see it. Yeah. So all we have is like really smart scholars thoughts and traditions to tell us what these things are yeah so yeah so i think it's discernment is knowing where the line like you just you just had a conversation with mormons and you didn't leave latter-day saints they prefer to be called latter-day saints out of respect mormons okay what did they get they're not listening (laughs) they might i invited them here oh did you yeah um so latter-day saints uh they like you had a conversation with them but you didn't leave going maybe they are christians just like us yeah no because you go okay they believe things that change who god is change what the gospel is and change what humanity is so you go yeah that's a salvation issue if jesus is the angel mark or angel mark angel there the the (laughs) The archangel Archangel Michael, michael there you go and he's a created being and that, I believe that's JW's. Uh, well, and Jesus is also a created being in Mormonism. Yeah, he's a spirit baby of God. Sure. Uh, and then I can become a God. Like you're just messing yep. around with stuff that you go, that's actually not Anywhere biblical in scripture. Right. But so that it's discernment knowing, okay, yeah, like that, that, no, the, you're not the new a ideas that Joseph Smith brought. Are yeah. Not. You're not a follower of Jesus. We're not brothers and sisters who are just disagreeing over minor things. But when it's like, okay, the Lutheran church serves wine for communion and we serve juice. Okay. Like, but I'll give you an example. Like Doug Wilson, who people who listen might like him. I saw a video where he said, if your church serves juice, it's a sin. And I went, man, oh man, you are drawing lines that do not need to be drawn. And lots of people love Doug Wilson because he's black and white and it's the way it is. Yeah, but he's wrong. Right. Yeah. Like who cares if your yeah. if your church serves juice or wine? Like, is that really something that, is that we go, what Paul is getting at? Yeah. So so that's where I go. Like discernment is going, OK, you do things slightly differently. Are you still a Christian? Yes, totally. Yeah. Um, and are they Creek great to, side? Yeah. Serves wine and we serve yep. juice. We both love Jesus and the gospel and it's not changing. Anything. And they are our sister church. Yeah. We've planted them like. So I think it's just discernment is using those kind of questions to go, okay, is this changing, you know, I I think when you get into like baptizing babies, I go, ooh, man, that's that's crossing some lines that I don't think are just, oh, yeah, whatever. You just do things differently. It's changing the nature of the covenant in the blood of, like the blood of Jesus. Like I go... Yeah. Oh man. But like if the church down the street has a woman pastor, I really don't care. I don't think that you're sinning. Uh, even though my views around leadership yeah. in the church are different. Okay. Like, yeah, God bless you. Like our Mennonite brethren denomination is split on this and we go, can I still work with people who think differently than me? Yes. Yeah, totally. You can, even though I think that biblically they're wrong and they think I'm wrong. Okay. Like, and so but again, I think that there is something to say, and that this is where it gets tough. And we've we've had podcasts uh, where we talked about how do you argue well? Yeah, how totally. Do you, yep. That's where these kinds of conversations, those kinds of conversations, are important because I think that, like, 
I would argue that as followers of Christ, we're like iron sharpens iron. We're not meant to just say, well, you do you as long as you love Jesus. Totally. Right. We should not be at each other's throats in a, in a like threatening and aggressive way. But we should, if we see someone doing something different, we should, as Christians, want this to happen to us and we should want to do it to others to look and examine ourselves and say, wait, why do you do that that way? Yeah, totally. Like, is is one of us honoring God in a more life-giving way? Not in the sense that, yeah. like, the, the law gives life, but in the sense, like, am I actually honoring God well in the practices in which I'm doing yeah, them and totally. how I'm doing them? Yeah. And we should be open to consider those things. Yeah. So even like recently, right, the whole women in ministry debate has kind of it's been at the forefront, sparked or whatever. Yeah. So it actually made me dig into again what I think the Bible says, and actually uh, looking at both sides, and I actually come to the conclusion that yes, I'm actually more firm in what I believe, and I'm actually celebrating how God has created men and women differently with different roles. Yeah. But it's because of, Oh man, am I wrong on this? I got to dive into what the Bible says. Yeah. And then it led me to go, no, you know what? I, I'm actually more firm in my convictions Yeah. because I had to discern and think and apply yeah. right context and look at these passages. And it was actually really good. It was like, yeah. Oh man, that's good. Right. So I think it's good to be challenged in yep. what we believe, not just like, well, I've always believed it. Well, no, that's not yeah. like, why do you believe the yeah. things that you believe? And there are things I'm pretty sure I remember you saying there's things that you've changed your opinion on as well. Like I was it uh, Daryl Johnson, some of the stuff that you listened to or read oh, by totally. him yeah. with eschatology, eschatological views. Yeah, totally. So yeah. end time views, yeah. you, you've changed where you sat on those things, Totally. but you're still like, if you don't view things that way, you'd still be a brother in Christ. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. So I, I think that we, we look, I think some of us, we just, we're awkward as humans when someone changes camps. Yeah, we totally are. <laughs> we're like, wait, you're not one of us anymore. <laughs> it's like, well. Well, yeah. And there's a, there's so many good resources about like the tribalism that takes place in Christianity. And we do that. We draw these lines on distinct camps that we have, which naturally happen. That's why we have denominations. I get it. There's actually, yep. no, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with denominations. Because at least you believe something and you're firm on it. That's great. Yeah. But then what happens is the tribalism happens where it's like you're now the enemy because you think differently over these secondary things, which I'm like, oh, man, like, yeah, it does not have to be like that. Right. Where yeah. it's. Yeah. And I've told people, like, if if the Alliance Church vibes better with you, that's such a dumb words. Yeah. <laughs> that Vibe, one might get an angry man. email if you. uh if the uh, if you land more theologically with the Alliance Church, like God bless you, go there. Yeah, they're not the enemy, right? Like, yep. I think that's where the problem is. Is where yep. we've drawn these lines of like, we are the church, and there's the church is out there, but it's nobody else in my town. Yeah, totally. It's just us. It's like well, that's a pretty, yeah, I don't know, arrogant view of totally. what God can do in a people in a city in a town in a nation. Yeah, totally. That's so good. Good topic. Right? Well, I think we'll end it there. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, take your tree down, you pagan. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, yeah, that's been at least interesting and uh, maybe helpful. Maybe you've had these kind of thoughts too. Um, 
But I uh, want to make sure that you tune in to our next episode, where probably sometime in January, um, because it is our 100th episode. Woo-hoo! We've got a special guest, maybe. Possibly. We've Don't got, put him on the spot. We've like got that. some swag. Some for us. For us. I don't know for people, but yeah, we, no, get, just for we us. get some swag. We'll be excited. Yes, excited. So you should be excited. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you for listening. The other thing, before we, st- before we stop, this is something I just thought of as we're closing oh, up. Boy. Just as an interesting thing, is there any books that you're planning on reading over Christmas? Because both you and I have some time off. Mm-hmm. Some people have time off. I don't know if that's something that people love doing, but like... <laughs> Do we have? Do you have any books that you're planning on reading, finishing up during the Christmas? Oh season man, or? yeah, or some like recommendations Maybe for people. The Bible. Um, there's a great, careful, great book <laughs> that I just finished reading, but I did want to recommend it. I'm just gonna grab it from my shelf. There it is. Called Counterfeit Kingdom. The dangers of new revelation, new prophets, and Ooh, new age practices that sounds interesting. in the church. I read this book in... Oh, it's got the Pied Piper on it. It does have the I like Pied it. Piper. I, I like read it. this book in one day because it was very, very good. One day. Yeah, it was a very good book. But it's basically all about the new apostolic reformation and people who are like, I'm an apostle, I'm a prophet. It's largely uh, talks about Bethel a lot because Bethel is the leading church in this whole new revelation we're prophets we're apostles new words from god new age practices in the church and it's just a really thoughtful helpful critique of like okay is this movement actually biblical because i hear that all the time like bethel's amazing and you know they're uh, they're christians just like us and so they examine like is that actually true yeah let's let's set aside because i i hear this all the time but i know people who go there and they're so great okay set that aside what does bethel actually teach yeah and when i read it it was kind of like wow i can, and they're not making it up they're like yep. here's Taking the sources and, yeah this is articles that they've this is books that they've written and you go I actually don't think Bethel's a church. I think they're a cult. So that book was fascinating. I would recommend it. Counterfeit Kingdom by Holly Pivik and R. Douglas Grevit. Gavit? Gavit? Gavit. So anyways, that's great. I'm right in the middle of a book (coughs) called The Crucifixion, Understanding the Death of Jesus Christ by Fleming Rutledge. Great name. Rutledge. She like is, uh, she's an Episcopal priest, which is super interesting. Um, again, I think you can learn from so many people, right? Yeah. This is a totally different uh, denomination. Yeah. And uh, I'm only, what, 100 pages in, but it's one of those books that has really got me thinking because it's like, okay, why did Jesus have to die by crucifixion? Um. Because we say things like that, like, Jesus yeah. died for my sins. Okay, what does that mean, though? Yeah. Well, he died for my sins. Okay, but what happened? Yeah. And she's getting diving really into, like, theologically why Jesus had to die by crucifixion. And that's been quite the journey. I oh, know you came man. into my office Yeah, that's really good. Was... So I'll probably um, read parts of that over Christmas. I'm, all, I'm also reading two biographies. These are not Christian books. One about uh, Theodore Roosevelt. He's a fascinating character. I'm like halfway through and man, it's tough (laughs) slugging right now because it's like he's this young politician and 
is very detailed. So I'm like kind of stalling out. I'm like, man, I got to It's so I got to get through it. Yeah. And then I'm also um, just starting a biography about Leonardo da Vinci, which is super interesting. Oh, fascinating. So those were Christmas gifts from last year. Nice. So uh, what about you? Uh, one of the books that I would 100 uh, percent recommend you read over Christmas uh, is called Competing Spectacles. So Treasuring Christ in the Media Age by Tony Ranke. Hmm. Um, nice. I, it's a really short book, so it's like a, a fast read. Um, but it just talks about how we have so many things uh, that try to grab our attention and try essentially try to grab our our worship in, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and how Christ is the ultimate spectacle is the terminology that he uses, not in a negative sense, yeah. but in the sense of like, we should be looking to Christ and giving him the glory that we are looking to the replays from the X games and giving them glory for what they yeah, do right. instead of doing that. And that's all our life is. We should be turning to Christ and saying, my goodness, he's amazing. That book was quite convicting. It, mm. It's short read. It's like, I would almost argue it's an introductory into that line of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one's a really good one. Solid. Uh, he also wrote a book. I have not read it, but I think my wife has called 12 ways your phone is changing you. Okay. Interesting. I believe it's him who authored it. That one I've heard is good. And then what I'm in the middle of right now is a book called the lost world of Adam and Eve. And so Heresy. it's the Genesis chapter two and three human origins debate. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I I don't it's by a guy named John Walton. I don't agree with everything that he says. Yeah. Uh there's a few things around how he um maybe it's just language. I would well, lots of these things honestly. I'm like, man, I would like to have a conversation with the author just so I can like try and understand yeah. what the language is that he's using better than just reading it. There's some language that he uses around like how he handles in my understanding how he would handle our English translations sure. and, and interpret them. Uh, that I don't know that I fully agree with, uh, but he's the one that I've been reading that does some of the introductory yeah. of like, hey, like if humans were immortal, why the tree of life? Yeah. Like, and to try and actually like process those things yeah. and think about them biblically. It's been a yeah. He has another read. book if people are interested: the Lost World of Genesis One, Ancient Cosmology and the Origins Debate. That's a really good book too. Um, again, I read it and I'm like, I don't know if I agree with all of this. But I like people that like make you think and you're like, huh, yeah, that's a fascinating point of view. Like, yeah. so yeah, he's a good author. I really so like him too. Then the only, uh, as a closing note for me, the only other one that like I, if I finish that one over Christmas and finish my other reading that I have to do for school, if I have the, the gumption to read anymore. Yeah. Uh, one of the ones that I want to actually like try and work my way through is the unseen realm by Michael Heiser, yeah. Dr. Michael Heiser. I haven't read all the way through it. I've read pieces. I've done quite yeah. a bit of research and listened to a lot of his stuff, but I want to actually like eventually sit down and read that book. Yeah. And look yeah. Into it. So hopefully maybe that's some recommendations for you. If you like reading or I would even encourage you if you read are a reader, what read your Bible, read your Bible. That too. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, but if you are someone who reads, send us book recommendations because yeah. I love to read. Fair warning. If you send me a book recommendation, it might be five or six years before you get like the review back. But yeah. like, but yeah, for me, you'll get it in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah. Or if you have other questions or topics that you want us to cover, uh, let us know and make sure you tune in next week for our hundredth episode spectacular. And we will see you then. God bless.